I don't know if you watch the X-Files or not, but I'm going to probably talk about it a lot. Okay, so I never have, but I think it's going to be my next thing I start because after researching this, I I need to watch it. Welcome back to Keisha On, the podcast where we talk about crazy conspiracy theories and also crazy cooking and mostly about how much we like to eat. I'm Matt. (laughs) I'm Kelly. So this is, Jesus, I don't know. Is this our fifth episode? Did we do five? I think it's our fourth episode. Is it our fourth episode? Oh, okay. Well, I'm padding the numbers already. Den- well, I don't know. We did Maybe the Denver Omelette. We did the celebrities. We did, what did we do? This after is our that? Fifth. Oh, the mattress. Yeah, this is our fifth episode. So I forgot about the celebrity one. The celebrity, how could you forget about I don't know, because ones? Avril Lavigne is dead. And I, exactly. how did I forget? <laughs> right, right. If she was alive, she would, and listening to this podcast, she'd be very upset. But it's taken us five episodes to get to the biggest conspiracy of them all, maybe the most uh-huh. universally reaching, if you will. <laughs> We're going to talk about aliens like from another planet, like visitors and how maybe the government has been covering it up all these times. Or have they? I don't know. Yeah. Or is the government the aliens? Oh, are oh. we being governed by aliens? Are we? So I started doing some research about aliens and conspiracies. There's a million of them. So I'm sure a million be- aliens or a million conspiracies. Both. So I'm <laughs> sure we'll be doing so many episodes. Um, it was really difficult for me to narrow down like what we are talking about today. There's different kinds of aliens. And that's a whole thing, right? So maybe we could yes. sort of level set with like kind of the, if that makes sense, like, cause there's like mm-hmm. the grays and there's like, what are some of the things as we kind of referenced in the cold open? So like, I used to love me some X-Files. Like my first online like chat name was Spooky Fox, which is a reference to Spooky Fox Mulder. Actually, my first internet fame was back in, oh my God, what year was it? 1998? Was that the year? No, 1996. That was a presidential election year, right? I was like eight. Okay. So I created a website that was supposed to be the campaign site for Scully and Mulder running for president. And it was fairly popular. And unfortunately, it is law. I cannot find because I can't even find it on the Wayback Machine because I don't remember the website because it was like a GeoCities website or something. mm -hmm. But it was like pretty popular for no good reason. It was other than it was like a one joke site. But this was 1996. And people were just like, holy shit, I can see things on my computer that aren't on my computer. So the X-Files, like, I think really helped a lot of us think a lot more about alien conspiracy and probably maybe introduced a lot of us to the ideas of shadow conspiracy. I I know Kelly said she's going to watch the X-Files, so I don't want to, like, give too much away. But I will tell you that, like, when you actually found out aliens really were real, like it was a thing, it almost kind of made the show kind of suck a little bit because then you were like, oh... We actually saw that, you know, so, but don't, don't worry, there's still plenty of really good stuff. Um, it's okay. You can spoil a, a 15 year old uh, show for me. It's, it's, okay. it's at least 15 years old, I think. <laughs> it, my dad and sister are super into it. I just never watched, but it'll, it's on my list, which is like 500 shows long. So maybe one day. One day. And then if we ever have like kind of a more in-depth TV show thing, we can talk about how the entire mythology of the X-Files came about because Jillian Anderson got pregnant. Oh. So, Well, I mean, we can talk about it for a second right now, but long story short, she was pregnant and they had to like, they had to write an episode where Scully wouldn't be on the show because she was, you know, having a baby and stuff. And so they kind of wrote this episode that was about her being, I'm not going to say abducted or whatever, but there was a reason, but that launched into the whole mythology 
like most things in TV, when people tell you like there is a whole plan, they're usually full of shit. I'm looking at you, creators of Lost. Some of the greatest. I feel about Lost. (laughs) Right. So let's talk about these aliens. Okay. Well, since you brought it up, I found two main types of aliens. The greys that you mentioned, they're aliens from another solar system. These are like what you think of if you see like the emoji alien. Yes. Like the big head, really big eyes, kind of human shaped, mm-hmm. but they're they're usually like shorter, probably don't wear clothes most of the maybe, time for some reason. Maybe they don't know about clothes. Maybe. Maybe they've maybe. evolved beyond the need for clothing. Maybe their skin is clothes where they come from. But yes, that's that type of alien. And they're all called greys. Remember the big heads for later. It's an important factor in one of our theories. But then the other type of aliens, which I'm almost more fascinated by the people that believe in these, they're called reptilians. And they're from hollow Earth because the people that believe in reptilian aliens, aliens believe that Earth is hollow and aliens live in it. Now, interestingly, there's probably no overlap between flat earthers and hollow earthers because according to geometry, that just seems like it wouldn't work unless it was a very, very thin hollow earth. Those two groups are at odds, my friend. They don't like each other, probably. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with these hollow earth reptilian aliens, so they don't factor into sci-fi as much, except they're a little bit in Doctor Who. There's like... okay some monsters and that come from inside maybe and they're kind of reptilian so now we know that you know there's no new ideas no the reptilians are definitely more of a like the grays are what we all think of as aliens i'm sure there are more subtypes i just didn't really find a lot on that i did look though the reptilians are more of a we'll call it a niche alien (laughs) for a certain group of people right right you know for the more refined alien believer who doesn't who deviate the hipster alien believer believes in the reptilian aliens a hipster a hipster conspiracist is pro reptilian hollow earth aliens but like i said i'm sure this is the first of many alien episodes because there's just so much so i just started with good old area 51 what's there what's going on and why do we care so a little background, it's a highly classified Air Force base in Rachel, Nevada. It's officially called the Homey Airport or Groom Lake. It's 83 miles northwest of Las Vegas. It was acquired by the U.S. government in 1955, but I saw debatable things about that, but we're just going to say that. It's all been very secretive. The CIA didn't even acknowledge it existed until 2013 after a 2005 Freedom of Information request. And they basically all they did was confirmed it was an Air Force base by showing some like mostly redacted Vietnam War document, just acknowledging that they were there. So the CIA initially used it, basically they used it to test aircraft. That's what it is. It's to test aircraft surveillance. Test Air Force Base, yeah. Yeah. And so even if there's more going on, it's it's still used for that because we know because we have documents now. Right. Um, I mean, there'd be a reason for it to be classified, right? You know, right. Like that that's, makes sense. So a lot of it in the 50s was, of course, used as aerial surveillance for nuclear warheads and nuclear weapons. And then there's also some rumors that they have tested nukes there. But again, that's not confirmed. I don't know. CIA, don't come after us. So the perimeter of the base is marked with orange posts and is controlled by guards and pickup trucks and camo fatigues. And basically every five feet, there's a sign warning you that if you enter, they'll use deadly force. Um, It's also just like completely surrounded by surveillance cameras and motion detectors. But Area 51 kind of became a thing. So in 2006, after the 2005 request, the FOIA request, Dwayne A. Day published something. Basically, there is a Skylab memo. And the Skylab memo was written in 1974 because astronauts on the Skylab space shuttle accidentally photographed Area 51. Whoops. Oopsie. (laughs) Sorry. 
command. Um, I mean, luckily it was 1974, so they couldn't like accidentally post on Instagram or something, you know. <laughs> right. So everyone was very upset about this, but then someone in the Air Force was like, oh, don't worry. The Soviets already have pictures of Area 51. We good. <laughs> So then it got published eventually. And the pictures are just of a desert because the whole base is underground. So I don't know why it would matter. You saw the aliens out like having a smoke break or something like that, you know? No, the aliens are very busy creating a shadow government, which we'll get to later. (laughs) Well, you got to take a break every now and again, like even from creating a shadow government, you know, I mean, you can't work, 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 work. The Illuminati doesn't agree. No smoke breaks for the aliens. So there's many theories about what goes on it. Area 51. And so some of my favorites were that it's mostly just alien stuff. And I'll talk about Roswell in a minute because that's when this really gained momentum. Or that's when the rumors about aliens gained momentum was when they realized that or they believe that the Roswell alien wreckage is hiding there. Another popular theory is that it's where the government can meet with alien government officials for cross government meetings. Oh, that's nice. I've got like conference room B. (laughs) No, there's a Ramada under Area 51 where they go. Then they they think they might be developing energy weapons there, which honestly could be true. Who's to say? Not really funny, though. And then also developing weather control technology there, which, again, probably true. Also, it's a place where teleportation is legal. Oh, that's good, because normally it's against the law. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we don't do it. It's the legality. Well, yes, it's against the law, but it would be the law of physics, not the laws of this land. And who wants to be punished in the crime court of physics? <laughs> right. It sounds really boring. And then my favorite theory, which I'll spend a lot of time on later, because I got really deep into a, a hole there, is that it's where the meetings of the shadow one world government occur and where the shadow right, in government conference is. room B. Yes. Still in that same conference room, they alternate. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, because conference room A, like the, the air conditioning isn't working in there still. Facilities is on it. Don't worry about it. The bad so, state on the carpet. Poor acoustic. Yeah, so you don't want to get stuck in conference room A in Area 51. That's like how you know you have like been bumped down the echelon of the shadow government. That's a sign. But here's an Area 51 thing. So wasn't it like two years ago or something like some YouTuber or somebody like had this idea that they were going to like storm Area 51 because they can't shoot us all? And somehow people were like super into this, but like it didn't happen. The way that you nodded and got very animated when I brought that up tells me you have something about this. Okay. Well, I do have research about it, but it also reminds me I was doing a client visit at a residential facility and on an area 51. Yes. But on their hanging wall calendar on the date of this, they had storm area 51. Because (laughs) you don't want to forget it. Like it would be like me, how I almost forgot tomorrow was garbage day. Like how much would that suck? You wake up and you're like, whatever. Then you look on Twitter. You're like, shit, I missed it. And this person did ask me for a, a day pass to do this. And I was like, sadly, no, but I would have given it to well, you. But the, the corporate says no. I was going to say that's some bullshit. Well, that's because the shadow government is part of that, exactly. right? Like you, you're like, I would totally grant you this, but the shadow government won't let me. Correct. In July 2019, there was an event to storm Area 51. Over 5,000 people RSVP to this Facebook event. They said they can't shoot us all. We can get in. It was mostly now number one, as was pointed out. Yes, they can shoot you all because I think (laughs) I remember looking at they're like you'd have to go. It's so far that they would have to go. There's no way even five thousand that many people would survive because you'd have to. It was like a huge distance from like the closest road. Like yeah, you would be right. Plus they've got the energy weapons. There's not like an Area 51 highway exit on your way. (laughs) Right. 
There's not, there's not a bus stop or, you know, no. Uber does not take you to area 51. Oh, but can we try? What happens if you look up area 51 on Google maps? I don't know, but now can someone sponsor us? Give us some ads so we can sponsor a field trip to Nevada and I can see if we can Uber to area 51. Please. There is, there is a location uh, in Nevada called area 51 alien center on Google I bet maps. That's official. Uh, I don't think it is. It's right off the highway. Uh, But there's Area 51, Nevada, uh, Homie Airport. And yeah, yeah, there's nothing around it. You're very, very far away from. Yeah. yeah. And there's a picture, though. There's a picture of the like, don't come in here or we'll shoot your ass. So then this came to fame because I'll I'll circle back to the storming Area 51 because it actually ties in directly to one of my other big conspiracies. But most of the people that RSVP to this were like young men in their 20s, some early 30s, the alien lost boys. <laughs> I shocked know. that there was gambling going on in, in this. In this uh... 150 people showed up out of 5,000 RSVPs and five were arrested and the rest went back to their kitschy hotel outside of Rachel, Nevada. That's alien themed. I read something when I was researching this about like why people are attracted to conspiracy theories that I thought was just kind of very good. <laughs> Semi-serious note really quick, but this was researched by Dr. Karen Douglas. Um, she's at Kent University in England, but she talks about how conspiracy theories meet three basic needs for people. And one of them is like a greater understanding of the universe. The second is control and security. And the third is to improve your self-image. And that third one surprised me, but it's she goes into great detail about how if you believe in a conspiracy and really hold to it and it becomes your worldview, you feel like a sense of belonging and it helps you feel better about yourself. Well, yeah, you belong to that group of people who are in the know, right? But what was most fascinating to me was its sense of control and security it brings you because it makes sense because most conspiracies stem from like traumatic events, you know, the 9-11 truth or conspiracies and just stuff going on now, even with like the COVID vaccine. So I was just it was fascinating to see that research shows that these conspiracy theories aren't just like for fun, but things that people really cling to. (laughs) Unfortunately, there's a lot of shitty stuff that happens really for no reason. And that's really frustrating. And if you can pin a reason on it, it makes you feel even, you know, like there, and that gives you someone to be mad at, right? Like you can't just just be mad at fate, but you can be mad at the Illuminati. Gives you a focus. Oh, yes. But we are not mad at the Illuminati, okay? Because they are helping. Illuminati sponsors this podcast. Wouldn't that be so great if we were the first ever Illuminati sponsored podcast? You could just go to Kishanon.com slash Illuminati sponsor and get yourself 20% off your your first month of uh, a membership in the shadow government, shadow world government. Correct. What a good deal. Can't be beat. They might even send you a free t shirt. We should work on that. Sure. We'll just do merch. Why not? We've got like 30 people listen to this show. I'm sure they'd all buy a t-shirt. If you would buy a Kishanon themed t-shirt, tweet at us at Kishanon and let us know. And hey, maybe we'll maybe we'll make one. Also, let us know what that t-shirt should have on it because we really don't want to do any of the work for this. Also, can somebody set us up a store? Yeah, can someone design us a t-shirt? Can someone do all this for us, please? In various sizes, please. (laughs) Just anything you want. Okay, so. Area 51 kind of became popular around 1989 because a man named Bob Lazar, or Lazar, I didn't care to look up the pronunciation, um, claimed he was contracted with the U.S. government to work with the UFO technology in Area 51 and kind of rebuild their technology, see how it works, and copy it. So Bob Lazar basically started a movement. He, 
recently or like a few years ago was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And this is what I'm leading into the the Area 51 because the storming Area 51 came like right after that podcast was released with Bob Lazar um, or re-released. I don't know. But anyway, it turns out Bob Lazar never worked at Area no 51. Good, no good can come of being on Joe Rogan's podcast. No, we're the only good podcast. Bob Lazar... Huge shock and disappointment here. Never worked at Area 51 or contracted with the U.S. government. He was a photo processor at Walgreens during the time when he alleged that he was working at Area 51. So this is truly a conspiracy that was made up out of nothing and then just spread like wildfire. But in 1989, when Bob Lazar originally wrote this book saying he did all this stuff, he talked about how that the Roswell crash material was being stored at Area 51. So if you don't know about Roswell, it was an excellent teen drama on the WB in about the year 2001, and I was really into it, and it got canceled too soon. And it was also a July 1947 U.S. Army balloon crash at a ranch near Roswell, New Mexico. The crash materials looked very suspicious because they were things that people likely had never seen before because they were balloons sent to monitor nukes. Yes. So when a balloon nuke, crashes... Nuke balloons. That's kind of... I was going to say, it's kind of hard to say, but it's it's actually not. It's just fun to say. Unless you're George W. Bush, then it's hard. But yeah, so he said that the Roswell crash stuff is there and that the reports of it being a nuclear watch weather balloon weren't true. The Roswell crash has literally been debunked, though, because they showed us what nuclear like monitoring stuff crashed now that we're out of the Cold War. But there's still rumors today that Roswell is a complex UFO cover-up. This was also... So there's Bob Lazar feeding in all this. And then there's John Lear. He was a pilot and the heir to the Learjet fortune. And he said that the aliens captured at Roswell were stored underground at Area 51, forced to reproduce, and they were experimented on. And he's the one who originated the term, or brought it to popularity, not originated, sorry, the Greys. Because throughout his book, he says that the greys are being forced to live and reproduce underground. I hope they don't run into the reptilians because then there could be this massive alien war beneath our feet. and We don't even know about it. That could be happening in Earth's core right now because it's hollow. Physics be damned. So Annie Jacobson wrote a book called The Pentagon Brain. But in it, she gives an or transcribes, discusses an interview with an unnamed CIA official big air quotes there because I just don't think this person exists. But he said, the Pentagon official, that Stalin... <laughs> I'm going to try really hard to get through this without laughing, so I'm just sorry in advance. I'll be sorry if you do get through it without laughing. <laughs> Nothing's funnier than Stalin. <laughs> um, so Stalin ordered a Nazi doctor to enlarge the heads of abducted teenagers. <laughs> and That's why the- they're short? <laughs> And once their heads were sufficiently large, they were taught to fly flying saucers. <laughs> they were supposed to fly all over the U.S. and scare us. Is there something with the way that flying saucer, like the control plane of a flying saucer requires a big head? Like, do you steer it with your head? But if your head is not sufficiently large, you can't fit into the control apparatus. I'm, I'm just curious about why you need a big head to fly a flying saucer. This is a very simple explanation that I can give you. Thank you. Um, Because somebody sketched aliens with big heads and flying saucers. So Stalin was just going to send the real thing. (laughs) Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, so it's to mess with it. It's to. That's what was supposed to happen. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So as he abducted more and more teenagers from I don't know where um, and enlarged their heads, which is definitely something that's medically possible. 
and they flew these. Because why over. bother putting like a mask on them or something? You know, if you're just trying no. to scare people, like you got to be legit. Yes, you can't. You have to have an actual big head. But instead of scaring everyone, they accidentally crashed in Roswell. Oops, another whoopsie. But yeah, so that was his explanation in a book that someone published for why <laughs> aliens crashed at Roswell. And bear in mind, this was before the days of like self-publishing where anybody can write a book and put it on Amazon, like dinosaur romance novels or whatever, which by the way, that's like an actual thing. I just perked up. <laughs> what? There is, there are, you know, seriously, I'll, I'll find a link and I'll put Thank it in the you. show notes. It's a whole genre of like, mm-hmm. they're like romance novels about women like being in love with dinosaurs so imagine like a romance novel cover but instead of fabio it's like a velociraptor or something i swear on my life i'm not making this up i had a really weird dream sometime that was so specific that it included like tweets and links and stuff so check the show notes I don't know how we can bounce back from that. I might have to end the dinosaur or the aliens. I don't know. I don't know how to recover. I don't know where I was. I would like to point out that I started typing up in DuckDuckGo dinosaur (laughs) R-O-M. And the first thing that comes up in the auto-suggest is dinosaur romance novels. So, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I found it. The link, I'll put it in there. It's called some lady is cranking out dinosaur romance novels. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's from, it's an article from like seven years ago, but yes, there are uh, titles like T-Rex troubles mating with the Raptor. I knew there was a Velociraptor one. And my first personal favorite right now is ravished by the Triceratops. (laughs) Wow. Cause there's so many options. (laughs) This is, this is this is pretty amazing. So yeah, check the show notes at quichanon.com to uh what is the website? Is it quiche-anon.com? Yeah. I think just, it's just, just If you don't if if I'm forgetting it, wow, this is really bad. Uh okay. It's just quichanon.com. <laughs> I should know our own website. No, I think because you told told me it was quiche-anon and it kept and then I finally just went to the Twitter profile. Right. That, I was just gonna tell people if you can't remember our website, go to our huh? go to quichanon on Twitter and, and look at the link. Which by the way, I did finally update our bio that has our names in it now. Anyway, so yeah, so there's dinosaur romance novels are a thing and they somehow That's so beautiful. I bet the aliens are responsible for those. I bet the aliens are into it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I wonder if they had a good relationship with the dinosaurs. We'll never know. Okay, so my favorite Area 51 conspiracy theory and what we're going to finish with because it's the last thing I researched is that Area 51 underground houses a one-world shadow government of the aliens and the people. It's cooperation. Mm-hmm. It's like NATO, but just different. Or the UN would be more accurate. So Milton William Cooper wrote a book in 1991 called Behold a Pale Horse. And this book is influential. (laughs) This is a a blurb, an actual blurb. (laughs) That it's influential among militia and UFO circles. (laughs) Which is a Venn diagram that is a perfect circle. And uh, something I never want to be a part of (laughs) or even adjacent to because there's nothing scarier to me than a militia UFO group. It's terrifying. Yeah, I screwed up that Venn diagram joke. I, that was It's really the intersection that you want to avoid. I don't think it's a perfect circle because there's probably... Well, actually, the I'm prilling to bet that the alien conspiracy theorist circle resides entirely within the militia people. But 
not all militia weirdos are alien. I know I'm pretty sure no. it's exactly the same people. No, because I know a lot of alien people that aren't in, in militia. Yeah, you're right. It's probably well, the then X-Bio it might go watchers. the other way around. It probably goes the other way around. I think you're right. I think all militia men believe in the shadow government, but I don't think all shadow government believers believe in a militia. Right. Fair. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I just what blurb do you think is on the dinosaur romance novels? Like what are what are the dinosaur romance novels influential among? Oh, you mean like who do they overlap with? Yeah, who do they appeal to? I think they appeal to the woman that wrote them, and that's probably about it. Excellent. <laughs> Influential among one woman Influential. circles everywhere. She is a plain old everyday Midwestern girl that lives a normal life. However, while my outward tastes are relatively simple, my inner thoughts are filled with lusty thoughts of big, strong, powerful monsters having their way with beautiful maidens. Pretty sure that, again, her target audience is herself. That know. said, if you're into this, speak up on Twitter and let us know because don't be ashamed. We won't, we won't, there's no kink shaming on Kishanan. I mean, actually, Not. if there is, if there was ever going to be, it would be this. Like this one, actually, I don't believe in kink shaming, but I will shame the fuck out of dinosaur erotica. In case any of our listeners don't know, I'm a therapist professionally, and I just say that's just the most fascinating case ever. And I want to write to this woman and just really unpack where this is coming from. <laughs> Okay, so back to our shadow government. The Illuminati is involved. Don't worry. Milton William Cooper allegedly worked for the Navy. Again, no one can say for sure. But he claims while he worked for the Navy, he saw secret documents about the shadow government. All right. He claimed the shadow government between aliens and humans was formed in 1954. President Eisenhower negotiated with the aliens and then established an Illuminati inner circle to manage relations with the aliens and keep them a secret. So this reminds me, I don't I don't want to like spur off, but I feel like we have to make sure we mention that there was a thing. There was some dude like from the Israeli government or Israeli military who basically like on the record said like there was like some alien interstellar bureau and they've been in contact with us here on earth prepping. I, I Kelly, I know I, I sent you, there was some dude had a TikTok about it. No, I believe you, but also oh. I never watch any TikToks. Anymore. No, no, no. You talked, we talked about this. Did we? Yeah. You were like okay. that dude. I want to listen to him talk all the time. Fi- I don't, I have no recollection. Okay. Yeah. No, it was this whole thing about like, remember where it was like the guy was pretending to be from the, he's like, Oh wait, do they have this? And he was like yelling Oh, oh my like gosh. Yes. So now I know what you're it. talking about. I didn't associate him with like the Israeli army at all. That's well, that's what it was a reference to. Oh, I, was okay. to that story. But the thing about yeah, this, I, this so is I, don't, my, I don't think I read the story. So okay. I just thought it was a really funny skit. It was a really funny skit. But here's my core thing about, and this goes back to this shadow government existing. How the ever living crap would Donald Trump be able to keep his big fucking mouth shut about this? Like, how would he anybody? Hasn't. Well, <laughs> he has threatened numerous times to reveal big things about aliens. On the top of my head, like three times, it's been like oh, I thought about revealing big alien things, and I decided against it. It is it is a statement about how much ridiculousness happens from this administration that the fact that the president of the United States has on three occasions threatened to reveal information about the existence of aliens and that completely missed my radar. And also it's like the one thing I really wanted him to follow through on and it just just didn't work out. Like I am begging for someone to tell me about the alien government. Well, you got a couple more days. But let's let's go back to this shadow government. 
you know, so yes. we've got collaboration. Eisenhower's doing stuff, you know. Which is so funny because Dwight D. Eisenhower is like the most milk toast president we've ever had. Like, I'm pretty sure Dwight and Mamie had like a 5 p.m. dinner table every night. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine coming to Dwight Eisenhower with aliens. <laughs> outer space. Oh, he might have just been like, whatever. Okay, then. Exactly. I almost would see, I almost would see like Ike being a little more like, okay, next, yeah. you know, like, man. Just, he's like, right, sure, yeah. just uh, yep. deal with that. And you report back tomorrow. Right. Exactly. Let me, let me know how it goes. Also me as your boss, just for everyone listening who wants that exciting experience. Okay. So there's a, the aliens rule and manipulate the human race through religion, witchcraft, magic, and the occult that is spread by the Illuminati members of the shadow government. Everyone's still with me so far on the layers and the complexities of the shadow government. The aliens manage and manipulate the Illuminati. And there's there's four components to the New World Order. And New World Order is the Illuminati faction that is in the shadow government. Um, New World Order is responsible for a lot. They have a lot going on. So it's the Bilderberg Group, which I didn't know what this was because I'm not even close to rich enough to know what this is but it's like a fancy meeting of like royals and aristocrats and like american business people or whatever in at the bilderberg estate i think in denmark um and this happens every year maybe i don't know danish princes lead it they talk about things (laughs) i was gonna say like i i would think of any country like the most perfect little country in the entire world is denmark so it could all be a front to cover for nefarious things, right? That's the thing. Exactly. Like nobody ever suspects Denmark. Why right? do you I think mean, the aliens let the Danes be so happy? Why do you think they're always like number one on quality of life? The aliens let that happen, so they're quiet. Well, it's because also that's where Lego comes from. So that's why they're so happy. Also important. Okay, so then the Bilderberg group, then there's the Knights of Columbus. They are part of the alien new world order illuminati the masons of course the freemasons they have to be everywhere you know they're just they can't stay home the stone cutters yes and then skull and bones which is a yale secret society i think wasn't there a movie about yeah, with that? joshua jackson yeah okay yeah that's all i know about that because who doesn't love joshua jackson in 2001 when that movie came out isn't that also technically what got us Facebook? Isn't the whole thing that Zuck was like pissed off because he couldn't get into like, it's like bullshit like that is like what made him like Last destroy democracy. Destroy yeah, I think so. Or maybe it was just because he couldn't get laid. It was both. Um, but there I, was something I remember that from the uh, from the movie with oh. Lex Luthor in it. Oh, that's really going to bug me. So you. Have oh, the name of the movie was called The Social Network. I Social just, Network. Thank yeah. You. yeah. I, I, I don't I even just, say Newsweek. What is I don't know. You think of the newsroom? That's different I, yes, too. that's what I'm thinking. That has nothing to do with that. Good show. And then though. I go to Network, which is now what I will be watching later because that's like one of the best movies ever. It is. You should also, if you haven't watched the newsroom, you super should. I will. So the thing is, the first, like the opening scene of the pilot episode is really powerful. But remember, it happened pre MAGA. Okay. And now you hear what he says when you have MAGA in your head and it uh, means something totally different, but it's still really, really good. And like, it's got tons of great people in it and it's awesome dialogue and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I'll add a tiny uh, extensive list. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin has yet to create a TV drama about shadow government conspiracies. And when he does, I will be signing up for whatever streaming service that shit is on. Shut up and take my money. I think you and I have wildly different interpretations of the West Wing, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm just going to go back to the NWO shadow government defenders um, that conspire with the Greys to take over the world. And as proof of this, there is a Navy, a secretary, he was the last U.S. Secretary of the Navy and then became the first U.S. Secretary of Defense because they made it one, they unified. And his name was James Forrestal. So this is when Truman and Dewey were running for president against each other. And James Forrestal was really well esteemed by everyone. So he met with Dewey and Dewey said, if I win, I'm keeping you on. Truman said, if I win, I want you to stay. All was fine and dandy. And then him and uh, Truman had a meeting and it got heated. And Truman asked him to resign after the meeting. And so he resigned his like whole career and then went straight to a psychiatric hospital (laughs) Like, was taken there, but he had had no previous um, psychiatric hospital stays, which is why people think it is bizarre. Because one second he was, like, being heralded as the Secretary of Defense, and then literally he had a bad meeting and the president had his people take him to a psychiatric facility. It is sketchy. Yeah, you're like... "Hmm." But I don't know how admissions worked in 1949, so I can't... I have no reference. But I do think it's kind of sketchy, no matter why, just for the record. The Navy Surgeon General was in charge of his care and in charge of his care only. No other like doctors or nurses were allowed to help with his care. Weird. And in 1949, the treatment for his condition, which was never labeled, was narcosis, which is something they used to call a truth serum, which is just like a random mishmash of psychoactive drugs. And um, and then after he did his truth serum, they placed him in a diabetic coma by injecting him with insulin for a few days rest. Well, that'll teach him to do whatever he did. I must know what was said in that meeting. Something, something in the room where it happened. The room. That's what Hamilton's really about. You think Hamilton is about one thing. It's really an allegory to mm-hmm. New World Order, shadow government conspiracy. Also, Lin-Manuel Miranda kind of has an alien head. Damn. Okay. Well, we will we will have a special Kishanon episode where we draw the connections and we find all the references in Hamilton to shadow government and Illuminati. Because oh, we will find them. We will find them. We will find them anywhere. <laughs> oh, this is going to be like the Avril Lavigne death conspiracy that like some yeah. website made up. So that you will find people are going to be like cruising on Twitter and Facebook and be like, oh my god, did you know that Hamilton's really about the Illuminati and Lin Manuel <laughs> is really an alien? And then. Later, you know, someone's going to write a blog post about this years later, and it's going to get so, traced back to this Kishanon episode. So meta, just a conspiracy theory podcast. I don't know about you, but that's how I want to be remembered. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to get published anymore. <laughs> Make your mark. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story, right? Is that Hamilton? I've never heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was- that's going to be a really tough episode. That's going to be a really hard episode. To do. Although actually not being familiar with the show at all might actually make it a little easier to make shit up. Who knows? Like with all things I discuss here, I have no knowledge of them. I've never seen them. <laughs> Just going off a few random sentences on the internet. Okay, so for us all, it's a sad story. Um, They find him on the roof of the parking garage because he had leaped from his hospital window. This was in 1949, so it's just like okay to talk about to me. I feel like we're, it's not new. And so people think this death is suspicious. I actually am going to see if there's any like TV episodes about this because I would like to see more about it because there's big issues with the death report that was released, the hospital records that were kept, and how he was found. 
And I don't know if it's about a shadow government, but to me, it sounds like this man was murdered. <laughs> so yeah. people blame his murder on the Majestic 12. And what is the Majestic 12, Kelly? Thank you for asking. It was a, a secret committee started by President Truman to facilitate oh, a secret re- committee of Illuminati members. Sorry, I should have specified to facilitate the, and recover and investigate alien spacecraft crashes. I feel like this ties into the men in black. And I don't mean like the wacky Will Smith rapid oh, men in black, of- but like men in black is a thing. Yes. Like, you know, and I was real excited when they came out with the movie because I was like, you know about that? So this, the Majestic 12 were the original men in black. That was one of my next facts. So good job, so, Matt. The best X-Files men in black reference is there's an episode called Jose Chung's from Outer Space, and it's the first time the men in black appear in the X-Files. And one of them looks like Jesse the Body Ventura, and the other one is played by Alex Trebek. And when someone's telling the story, and he goes, what? He goes, I didn't say it was Alex Trebek. I said he looked remarkably like Alex Trebek. So in my mind, you might think Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. To me, the men in black are Jesse the Body Ventura and Alex Trebek. And Alex Trebek. Yeah. Those are kind of way better. But Will Smith and Tommy Jones were good ones, too. They did pretty good, too. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. But that's what the Majestic 12 were. They were the precursors, the antecedent, if you will, the ur. I said that wrong. <laughs> the ur mib Okay, so Cooper, the man who wrote this book, died in November of 2001. But he had a lot of great conspiracy theories that I pulled from for future episodes. But basically, his whole theory is that the shadow government of the aliens protects us from an alien invasion by allowing a certain amount of abductions per year. It's like it's sort of how there's a certain amount of like rat droppings that are allowed in cans of stew or whatever. Right. You know, it's like, (laughs) yep, just FDA allows a certain amount of alien abductions per year. You know, it's just there for your own protection, really. Nothing like a good can of Hormel chili with a certain amount of rat droppings in it. Just a certain amount. (laughs) Just a certain amount. (laughs) We don't know what that amount is. It's a certain amount. Not up to us. But yeah, so that's about it. That's his theory is that the shadows government does a bunch of stuff. And then he thinks that um, the human classes, the human scapegoat classes, which he names the Illuminati and Jewish people as our human scapegoats, they will be saved. They won't be murdered when the aliens do invade. But I don't know like if our agreement ends at a certain date and they like can't renegotiate or like why the aliens would invade if we're allowing them like X amount of humans per year. I don't, I don't know the details. Maybe if we renege on that deal, you like go, wait, oh, 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 you didn't allow enough. Or it'd be like, actually, the problem is this is probably how it's going to get screwed up because we've been on lockdown from COVID. So people haven't been going outside. So the aliens can't abduct. So they're not going to make their quota. And they're going to be like, um, you were supposed to allow us a certain number of abductions per year. And we were not able to get them this year. So it's time to invade. And we'll all be like, but COVID. And they'll be like, I don't care because the aliens are landlords. What's actually happening is half of Florida is being abducted by aliens right now because they have to concentrate in one place to meet their I'm, I'm, I'm I don't have any problem with this. This I sounds like there's no downside to this whatsoever. We might not have to solve Florida and push it out into the ocean. <laughs> I mean, can we can we pay the abductions in advance? You could just take them all now and then we'll just be like, you know, have a credit. I love that idea. But yeah, so that's um, Except a to, little to, bit. To, to reference Will Smith again, you know, don't take Miami because <laughs> that was one of my first CDs. <laughs> if your song, if your city has been immortalized in a Will Smith song, you um, are allowed to remain after the alien abduction invasion. It is Philadelphia and Miami. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and the whole wild, wild west. Oh, that's right. Is that west of the Mississippi, do we think? Is that what I, we're I don't know. Using? Will Smith, if you listen to this show, and I assume you do, let us know what the geographical boundaries of the wild, wild west are. Or Kevin Klein. <laughs> Well, he might know, yeah. Or Salma Hayek. Another great film from 1999. (laughs) It was definitely a film from 1999. That is true. I loved it. I was 11. Okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's pretty much all I had on Aliens and Area 51 and our shadow government. So it's probably a good time to pivot to the food stuff because it's supposed to be a multifaceted show we run here. And I don't think there's any good like recipes around aliens, but maybe there are, but we didn't think of them. It made me think of Quisp cereal, which is why I wanted to discuss. uh, I wanted to do a brief cereal draft. I don't know about you, but every time I get like social media ads for that, like one toothbrush called a Quisp, I'm like, that was a cereal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Oh, oh, it's a Quip. The Quip is the toothbrush. Oh, it's not a Quisp is the cereal, but it's close. It's close enough that I thought about it, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't think that's the brand association they're going for there. Like yeah. sugary, sugary cereal from the seventies meets, you know, like oral it hygiene. Because you're like, oh, shit, I ate that so much in the seventies. I should go brush my teeth again. I should right probably now. brush my teeth now 40 years later. <laughs> that's yes. their marketing strategy. <laughs> oh, shit, that's like 50 years. Oh, my God, I'm old. OK, so we're thinking about cereal. Let's 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 move back to talk about cereal. OK. I just wanted us very quickly because this is fun to me and me only. Probably we each we have to do a <laughs> this draft. is an entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just my own vanity project. I, I didn't I didn't know that we actually were caring what anybody wanted to listen to here. We do not. <laughs> so now you have to listen to us draft cereals. <laughs> Sweet. How does that work? You know, oh. you know from our experiment, like the, my experience yes. with like the movie bracket thing, that I don't understand. So sports references that are not baseball. You well, baseball has a draft, so you pick okay, a, fair. You pick a cereal, and then I pick a cereal. Okay, got we it. We can't pick the same one. So, like, if you knock the best cereal out, I'm just screwed, and it's just not on my team of cereals. Is this like? Oh, okay. I almost said something really stupid, so I'm going to say it. I was going to say, is this a serpentine draft? But of course it is, because there's two people. <laughs> no, <laughs> so you're like, yes, it is. Yes. Oh, actually, well, it would be if it was serpentine. It would be like you would get to go be, to, the menu. but I think it's yeah. just alternating because it seems kind of dumb to. <laughs> but all right, do you want it? You can draft the first cereal. So okay, the number so, one cereal. Number one cereal, Captain Crunch. Not even in my top five. Well, good for you. Lucky for you, then. Captain Crunch is just you like your mouth being shredded. (laughs) Yeah, that roof of your mouth. Yeah. Um, My number one pick is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, I would not go there. I mean, I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but it's 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 one. There's a reason it's one of the cereals that I allow to be stockpiled in my house because I know I will never eat it as a snack. Like like I won't like go and like look for something to eat and decide to mow on a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. I mean, I will eat a bowl. It's not disgusting to me or anything. It's just like not that. So my number two cereal is Frosted Flakes. Okay. My number two cereal is Fruity Pebbles. My number three cereal is Fruit Loops. Well, that's a good one. My number three cereal is Apple Cinnamon Cheerios. My number four cereal... This is a tough one because there's yeah. two that would... Well, no, no. I mean, there's two that are basically very similar. And I think oh, I'm going to yeah, go yeah. with Cocoa Krispies. Okay, that's good. Because my fourth cereal is my preference, Cocoa Pebbles. <laughs> right. Because I can never decide which one I like better. So this is it. This is the fifth cereal, one. right? So let's so, recap. So what's your okay. list so far? So I've got Cap'n Crunch, Frosted Flakes, Fruit Loops, Cocoa Krispies. Yes. Okay. And then my number five cereal, and this is going to be... 
that's going to kind of blow your mind a little bit <laughs> is Raisin Bran Crunch. I, no, I like, I would jam with Raisin Bran. I have that in my I would even right go now. with plain Raisin Bran, even. Yeah. But the Crunch, I'd pump the Crunch up just a little bit. Like my alternate, my sub is Raisin Bran. So what's okay. your, so recap yours, Kelly. My is Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, right? No. No, no. Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. No, what's Fruity Pebbles? Fruity snacks? Pebbles. Apple, Apple cinnamon, cinnamon Cheerios. Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles. And then my fifth cereal is going to be the Golden Graham. Oh, the Golden Graham. Golden Graham suffers the same problem as Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is you must eat it very, very quickly because it becomes soggy about oh. 20 seconds after it touches That's milk. when I start to like it. Oh. And then you just keep making new bowls with the, the soggy cereal You just keep and reloading. And then I, I am guilty of the reload. Like you get milk still left and then you're oh, like, the well, I can't. Part of cereal. Now I got to go like put some more in here. So yeah. it's a problem. <laughs> Listeners, like let us know your top five cereal draft I want Twitter. heated cereal fights. I there should be. going yeah. hard for their cereal. Come on. Bring it. Let's, let's Twitter fight. Because I'm going to think about four after this and go, oh, well, shoot. I, had I mean, there's lots more, but... Apple, Cinnamon Cheerios, and Apple Jacks. I would put Apple Jacks over... I never really ate oh, the Apple stop. Cinnamon Cheerios, so I think Apple Jacks... Apple Cinnamon Cheerios are one of the few cereals I can eat dry. Yeah, I used to be, and I think I've, like, exposure therapy, reverse exposure therapy myself out of it is Lucky Charms, because I'm oh, telling those you... Those are good. Well, here's the thing. So, like, I grew up, like, no sugar cereal. So the same thing that happens when a child is deprived of something, what do they do within seconds of getting to college? They overindulge. So like all I ate was Lucky Charms for like 20 years. I would have been in your dorm room, like give me your cereal. I just, I just can't do Lucky Charms anymore at all, which is just as well. So that's why Lucky Charms and Cinnamon Toast Crunch, very safe cereals to have in my house. However, Captain Crunch, it lasts like a day. And that box is gone. I get why you like it now and why I don't, because you don't like it when it gets soggy. So that stuff. Captain Crunch like never ever. gets soggy. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it could sit in that bowl of milk overnight. It would just uh, hold up. <laughs> I like Lucky Charms, but only the marshmallows. I don't care about your oat. But then it's just a big bowl of marshmallows. Which if I you bought pick them up. off Amazon. It's just so my dog food. used to be like this. So like there was a kind of dog food he really liked that wasn't super good for him, but he really liked it. And so we would mix it with like the stuff that was healthy. And he would seriously, it was like a kid eating the marshmallows out of Lucky Charms. He would very delicately pick out the the the, the kibble so that he liked and, and leave the entire rest of it. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. So, That's like how animals will just find the treat that the pill is wrapped in. <laughs> like, how? like, I wouldn't have known. Us. So that brings us to the end of another fantastic because we are amazing episode of Kishanan. I'm sure we'll be talking about aliens and shadow government much, much more. We didn't even really talk about the reptilians other than that they exist. So I only found out about them at the end. Oh, well, so well, just didn't have time. We will have another alien episode, but as always, I am Matt and I'm Kelly and this is Kishanan. And remember that the truth and the tacos are out there. So welcome back to bonus content of Keisha Nine when we are going to do a second serial draft featuring my uh, three kids. So the order that they're going to go in in the draft is Henry, who is 11, Sophia, who is nine, and then Joey, who is also 11. And yes, we will do a serpentine draft 
because there's more than two people. So first of all, in the cereal draft, Henry, what is your number one cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yes. Good pick. Sophia, what's Good your pick. number one cereal? Captain Crunch. Like her dad. All right, Joey, you, you got to come in for your number one here. Cocoa Krispies. Okay, Joey's number one is Cocoa Krispies. And now, Joey, what is your number two? Rice Krispies. Mm-hmm. Sophia, what's your number two? Cocoa Nope. Puffs. Oh, Cocoa Puffs. Ooh, a third Cocoa Puffs. Are, are you writing these down? Lucky no. Charms. Henry Wait. is Lucky Charms. Henry, what's your number three draft pick? Mini Wheats. Ooh. Frosted Mini Wheat. Okay, Sophia, your number three is? French Toast Crunch. Oh, Matt, Obscure. you didn't even know that was a Okay, thing. Joey, come give us your number three pick. Raisin Bran. Okay. And now your number four pick, Joey. Frosted Flakes. Ooh. A classic. Sophia, your number four is? Cocoa Krispies. We already had Cocoa Krispies. You got to no duplicate. But there's one that's very similar that might occur to you. Rice Krispies. No, Rice Krispies already happened. No, but there's a third chocolate cereal. It's a little flatter. Comes in a fruity flavor as well. Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. Fruity I like Pebbles, it. Pebbles, okay. My favorite and your Pebble. number four pick, Henry, and then your number five. It's hard to think of so many. Honey Nut Cheerios. Solid choice. And your fifth pick. Bite Side Frosted Mini Wheats. Okay. There's the Mini Wheat <laughs> Bite, so that's on a technicality. All right, Sophia, your number five cereal pick. Corn Flakes. Oh. Corn Flakes. Okay, Joey, wrap us up here. Tricks. Tricks. Oh, Solid choice. A classic. A classic. 